This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We're in this series the Lord has called Spiritual Maturity. Why has he called it that? Because many could be in and around religious things, subculture of religious uh, activity, but never come into the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning, but not knowing him. That's dangerous. Amen? So we do want to know him. Amen. So I'm going to be before you today uh, to present a Palm Sunday warfare charge to you. Amen. Coming out of Romans 12, 1 and 2, a familiar scripture to some from the King James Version. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Thank God for all of you being here today. Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the King James Version. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you see, uh, Paul is writing this opening, letting us know who his audience is. Are they people outside of the house of God? No. They are who? Brethren. They're already in there. He said, I'm begging you, brethren, by how? The mercies of God. He's sent to give the people the heart of God. God has mercy for us all. But here is the essence of it. He said that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I bold printed that part. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And sometimes we misconstrue the meaning in the English language of the King James Version. This is something we're supposed to do if we're made over by God. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. God washes us with his word. And if we are of the character of the fruit of the Spirit, it is how the Holy Spirit behaves. It is something we're supposed to be doing anyway. So Paul is kind of interjecting uh, some type of inference uh, in other words, almost like tongue-in-cheek, if you're saved, you ought to be doing this, if you're saved, <laughs> you see. And he said, be not conformed to this world. Why does he have to tell brethren that? Because some were conforming to the world, and they were supposed to be what? Saved. Do not conform to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We pray that, Father God, you will uh, reveal your truth to us in a deep personal way. Deep because there are layers beneath the surface that need to have you address them. We pray that you will, O oh God, rebuke the enemy. We pray and we plead the blood of Jesus that you will bring your flood Oh, God, a redeeming flood. Give us victory as you have brought to this world a way back to God, but we must submit, therefore, to it. And then you will change us, give us power, and we will be enabled by that power to resist the devil, and he will flee. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this, I, I said, is an, uh, an admonition of the Apostle Paul to the church at Rome, 
Um, it, it, it's somewhat ironic, though. If you really read deeper into it, um, you will find some irony. Uh, since it was the Romans who destroyed the Temple of Jerusalem in A.D. 70, Jesus prophesied that. And uh, he was weeping when he prophesied that. Amen. He had it in his heart. And out came the prophecy. Uh, he was on his way to pay the price for the sins of the world, beginning the Passion Week, as we call it. Yes, this same Jesus also said that he could rebuild the temple in three days. He said that before this week. Of course, he was not referring to the physical Jerusalem temple, but his own body. We are here today worshiping God because Christ arose from the dead, defeating death and hell. For what? For our salvation. We are on a collision course with this earth, but those who have accepted God now have a way out before the crash. You want to be in that, that ark of safety. His name is Jesus. He's calling for us to ride into his ark. and He's going to carry us to safety to the Lord. Yes, this message uh, is helping us to see that God wants to lead all of us to maintain a right attitude uh, that will give us the spiritual advantage in this war, the ongoing war against our soul's eternity. I pray that we will all indulge uh, as I humbly submit to you this message, how to survive as a living sanctuary. How to survive as a living sanctuary. We are all sanctuaries of the Holy Ghost, but are we living he comes to give us life and life more abundantly. The abundance is not riches and glorious, costly jewels and such, bling bling and whatever you want to call it. But it is a supernatural life. God gives us power. He says, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. So he's given us of his spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. He's omnipotent. He's powerful against the move and might of demons and the devil. The devil has power. Remember, he's a fallen archangel, right? Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer. It was a trilogy, but now a duality. But Jesus, amen, works with those two against that one-third that fell. My God. And there are eons and eons and millions and millions and billions of angels going against those of the devil. God greatly outpowers and outnumbers the spirit of darkness that has come to deceive souls in our current world. My God. But we can survive. We can be uh, made alive unto God to work the works of God that sent us because there's coming a time when no one can work. Isn't that right? You have to now give an account of the work that was done. How many times did you say no to the Lord? All those times. And we have to be held accountable. How many times did you say yes to the Lord? And hopefully the last answer you gave the Lord was yes. Because however you fall, that's how you're going to lie. You have to give diligent work efforts. By the power of the Holy Ghost. You can't do it alone. The Holy Ghost comes in. That's the grace of God, giving us power to do it. We have to say yes to that power. 
and let him come in and do what he came to do. There's no other way. You can't, uh, you know, make a way. You can't form a new habit like a New Year's resolution, a salvation resolution. No. You have to do it under the power of God. You can't do it in your own power. We were born in a fallen state. How can we save ourselves? We need the Savior. His name is Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So I'm thankful to him for being gracious to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Amen. Now, I thank God for John, the second chapter of verses 11 through 17 in the King James Version. You know of this history. Uh, This beginning of miracles did Jesus uh, in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, it took him a while to do that. He saw them. He said, uh-uh, uh-uh. He went on ahead and made that whip. My God. He drove them all out of the temple. They must have been there a while because he had time to make that scourge. He drove out the people, the sheep, the oxen, right? Poured out the changers' money and, and overthrew the tables. That sounds like an angry man. Yes, Jesus was an angry, angry man right there. And, and he said unto them that sold doves, take these things hence. Make not my father's house and house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Yes, um, that means he has fully dedicated himself to the work of God. And remember being missing just past his bar mitzvah. Uh, Yes, he's like a grown up, but he's still a teen. But he has reached manhood. So he's in the temple and discussing with the doctors of the law and such. And and they're, you know, at awe of his wisdom. And uh, he was there for hours and hours. But Mary, his mother and father, Joseph, could not find where he was after hours of searching. uh, You know, uh, maybe they put things on the palm tree trunks. Have you seen him? Tell me, have you seen him? They finally found him. And he said, uh, you know, you know why you're so upset. Don't you know I'm about my what? Father's business. Yes, his father's business. He is totally consumed by it. Now, if we look forward now, according to this verse of Scripture in John 2, this is when now you have been honed in your skills, and at the age of 30, you begin your practice. All along, you are working with those who are training you. That was college, you see. At about the age of 30, after his first miracle of changing water to wine at a wedding, as recorded in the second chapter of the gospel according to John, Jesus traveled to Capernaum and made it his headquarters. After that, he and his disciples traveled to Jerusalem to find a profaned economy uh, between the temple priests and street vendors, in the selling of animals for Passover sacrifices. 
It is not so bad to have an idea that can, you know, bring convenience. But these businessmen conspired to take advantage of those in need of a sacrificial offering. They used the opportunity to become rich by charging high prices to convert the foreign money traveling people brought to purchase sacrificial animals. Since their money had idols on them, it could not be used in the worship service and had to be converted into temple money. It looks like a high religious noble kind of thing, right? But underhandedly, they're trying to get rich. The merchants also charged uh, high prices for the animals they sold in the court of the Gentiles. The devil found an occasion, as you can see here, to develop a stronghold, an economic stronghold, right in the very house, quote unquote, house of God. You know, the devil will fool the very elect if it's possible. If there's a crack in our character, he can come in. He'll make you draw back. And uh, the Lord teaches us in Hebrews that there's a such drawback that leads to perdition. That means destruction, eternal damnation. God wants to wake us up, shake us up and wake us up before we allow that to happen. And we can tell him yes. Or the freedom he gives us, we can also what? Tell him no. So we have to make a decision, right? We're at a crossroad in our life. These people were at a crossroad, but they chose the wrong way. They let the devil take over their mind and develop a demonic economy right in the very house of God. These people had titles, but now they forgot about the charge to keep a God to glorify. And he began to be pulled by demonic economy to get rich. My God. But look at Jesus. Jesus charged them with making the temple a what? House of merchandise. But he revealed the attitude that God had towards such a venture by whipping them and their animals out of God's house, overturning their tables and uh, pouring out their money on the ground. Despite this chastisement, guess what? This evil practice would spring up again in Jerusalem. About three years later, as recorded in Luke 19, see, starting at verse 45, going into chapter 20, verse 1, uh, he went into the temple and began to cast them out that sold therein and them that bought, saying unto them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer, is the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And he taught daily in the temple. But the chief priests and the scribes and the chief of the people sought to destroy him, even though he was teaching good things from the word of God, and could not find what they might do. For all the people were very attentive to hear him. Now, in the first occurrence, if we think back to John, the second chapter, remember, it is noted that Jesus cleared the temple with what? A whip and a word. A whip and a word of rebuke. However, in the 19th chapter of Luke, it is comparable to also Matthew 21 and Mark 11. It is noted that in the righteous indignation, he used a hard word of rebuke, charging them for profaning the house of God, making it a den of thieves, which was most likely accompanied by a very stern, solemn look. 
And Jesus had looks that could kill. My God. Reminds me of my parents when I was playing in church way, way back in the day. They just look across and see you and they catch eyes and they give you that look and you knew it was done. You were going to get it when you got home. That look, my God. Jesus had a look, my God. See, but the whip is not mentioned as part of this second occurrence. Perhaps the Lord did not want us to think that he was, you know, spiteful for how some of the people repeatedly sought to kill him and tried to stone him twice, even in the midst of the temple, back in John, the 8th and 10th chapters. Uh, Of a certainty, you know, Jesus is in control of the past, the present, and the future. Remember, he is God. They had no power over the Holy Lamb of God because uh, he is also the lion of what? Of who? The lion of Judah, not just a lamb. Amen. Uh, Matthew Henry notes that um, it is perhaps an instance of his power over the spirits of men and the hold he has of them by their own consciences, um, which was the only act of regal authority and coercive power that Christ did in the days of his incarnation. Uh, He began with it, John, second chapter, and here ended with it, John 19. Uh, Tradition says that his face shone. Some people wrote in their journals that his face shone. And beams of light darted from his blessed eyes, which astonished these market people and compelled them to yield to his command. If so, the scripture was fulfilled in Proverbs 20:18. A king that sitteth in the throne of judgment scattereth away all evil with his eyes. He overthrew the tables of the money changers. Uh, he did not take the money to himself, right? He could have. Uh, but he did what? Scattered it. Threw it. Where? To the ground. The fittest place for it. End quote by Matthew Henry. Though Jesus would obey the prophetic command uh, to suffer the messianic woes of Isaiah 53. Don't forget what happened in Isaiah. Isaiah, the eagle-eyed prophet, said, Surely he hath borne our what? Our griefs. Carried our sorrows on that cross. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Even though he's doing all that for us, we're yet calling him all kind of names. Isn't that something? How ironic. His triumphant uh, prevail over the gates of hell uh, was already noted in Genesis 3.15, if you remember. A lot of people know John 3.16, but what about Genesis 3.15? And I will put enmity between thee, he's talking to that devil, and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. See, the devil has some unrighteous seeds running around here, some Ishmael's, if you will. But they're worse than Ishmael. At least Ishmael had an inheritance with Abram. Amen. My God, some of these hellish folk, my God, you bring your kids up in the most holy faith, and the devil's bringing them up in the most unholy faith. And they're going to try to get with your kids. The devil's a liar. We plead the blood of Jesus. Amen. They will not destroy the lives of our dear children. Amen. We want our children to be healthy and happy in Jesus alone. Thank God and to be blessed beyond measure. It's the privilege and ministry of a godly parent to plead the very blood of Jesus for their kids. Amen. 
We want the devil to be killed, destroyed. Amen. But he's going to try to devour us up. He wants to sift us up as wheat, as Jesus warned uh, Peter that the devil would want to do that to him. But I thank God that Peter got filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, and, and then God gave him a pardon, and he began to be free to do the ministry of the Lord. And he didn't run anymore. My God, he was able to stand his ground, even though he had to get whipped sometimes. He stood his ground. My God, the devil was going to try to make him fearful, but God's faith made him brave. My God. And he stood in the face of evil and had the very look of Jesus, that piercing look. For God I live, for God I die. Hallelujah. I'm going to live righteously forever with Jesus. I'm going to stand for what Jesus stood for because I'm on the winning side. I'm on the living side. Are you on the living side? Is your body, my God, immersed in the powerful blood of Jesus? Are you a living sanctuary? My God, you got to survive as a what? Living sanctuary. First Corinthians, the church at Corinth wasn't doing right. Paul had to come in with his ministry. He said in uh, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 of 1 Corinthians, Know ye not that ye are the what? Temple of God? I could feel him because he's looking at them as Dad Norris would say, cutting the monkey. Just crazy. He said, Know ye not that you are the temple of God? And have the Spirit of God dwelling in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. In other words, which temple you're supposed to be, but you're not doing it. That's how you should read that scripture. Not all cute like we do in Sunday school sometimes. No, you're not the you're the temple of God. We are all God's temple people. No, uh, the, 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 the apostle is fussing right here. Amen? He's trying to fuss the hell out of them. Because they sure had it all up in them, entwined. And he's trying to loose hell's hole off of their heart. You have to come with, amen, a shaking and a quaking and a waking. And God uses farming tools to help us break that ground up. He'll use spiritual farming tools. And uh, the ground which has not been broken up, he's going to come in with a harrowing effect of his stern look and his word and his whip. My God. And wake us up. Shake us up, my God. You know, all godly action begins with the renewing of what? The mind. Right thinking produces right actions. Think about it. All the times you fell, did something you shouldn't have done. Oop, I did it again. Think about what made you do it again. You began thinking about it. Made a plan. The plan became an active thing. And sometimes we have to do things when... Nobody's around. We forgot. God has an all-seeing eye. He never sleeps nor slumbers. Amen? Thank God. And your darkest night is as a brightest day. You think you're sneaking around in the dark? It's a, it, it is as light unto the Lord. And uh, we, we, we will uh, be now studied by the devil to know of how we stumble. And then he knows how to bring in other spirits to convince us further so that we're tied up even more. He don't want to tie you up a little bit. He wants to tie us up a lot. So if we could be entrenched with being tied up, tangled up in demonics, he will do that. 
But I thank God for the children's choir song. I'm tied up, tangled up in Jesus. And the other one, somebody prayed for me, kept me on their mind, took the time to pray for me. We need people to stand in the gap today to pray for those who don't know how to pray for themselves. My God, because some folks have lost their holy mind. And they need somebody to stand in the gap until they are able to find their holy mind. They got to be walked by the Holy Ghost to the lost and found to find their mind. That's what I tell the kids who are acting up in my class. I say, go with him, go with her to the lost and find. Why we got to go there for? Because you certainly have lost your mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyhow, <laughs> I think God's going to walk some of us to the lost and found. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Hey, and not only that, my eyeballs were in there blind, but now I can see. Hallelujah. Anyhow, thank you, Lord. He'll renew your mind. He'll renew your vision. He'll renew your hearing. He'll renew your passions, what you long for, what you live for. My God, right thinking produces right actions. Our actions are the fruit of our deepest thoughts. Think about it in Philippians 2, 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in who? Christ Jesus, not any old Jesus, because it was other Jesuses, but they said Christ Jesus, the anointed Jesus, the one from, from, from heaven to earth. Amen. Thank God. Then he's going to come from earth back to heaven. Hallelujah. Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank God that mind has to be in you. And Peter also, uh, after Paul wrote to the church at Philippi with that, Peter writes in 1 Peter 1.13, uh, a conclusion here. Uh, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's going to be a revelation. He's going to reveal himself to you. And you have to say yes or no. There will be a fork in the road. As soon as Jesus shows up in your visions and your dreams, promptings in your heart and your mind, he brings a fork in the road. You're going that way, but here's the right way. And you're like, mm, this wrong way feel a little more cozy. Uh, I'm more familiar with this. And Jesus is tenderly calling, what has it brought you so far? And you, you got to be honest. Oh, nothing but pain, misery, and strife. And then when you really come to your senses and say, you know, my, my Father in Heaven has greater for me. And, and He has given me a sense and sensibility that there's much better for me. And you know what? I don't know about everything, uh, about how it works, but I think I felt better when I just did a little bit of it. And uh, uh, God didn't turn me green. He didn't make me vomit. My God, I felt better. My God. But when the devil introduced his stuff to me, it was an, there was an initiation even for my body. I turned green. I vomited, calling Earl over the toilet, having a headache the next morning, uh, a few mornings after that, caught diseases, had to get ointments and stuff. You know, the devil just lied to me. I thought I was going to have fun, but he brought detriment to my mind, my body, my spirit. But God is saying, you know, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. It is a burden, but God helps you to carry it, you see. The devil will throw stuff on you and whip you and make you carry it and make all of your proclivities to stay stationed in that detriment and then condemn you on top of that. Call you all kind of names. 
Look at how the devil works. My God, tricky. Hell means conceal. He doesn't show his hand. God is going to show his hand. Look at my cause. You can see him. I'm still going to win. But the devil hides his stuff till he gets you, gets you, got you. Then he is as a what? Roaring lion. When do lions roar? When they already what? Already got you. Other than that, they're in the savannah, in the high grasses, stealth mode. And these are the women. The women are the workers. The men are at home with their afro waiting for the food to come. The women are out there hunting through the grass. Get you, get you, gotcha. Then they're howling and, you know, growling. Then the men are growling home, the cheerleader. That's right, bring home the food, honey. Ah! My God, that's a whole other message. Oh, Tamar's Oasis Women's Ministry, you could have that. That's a good picture for you. Amen, amen. I help the women whenever I can. Thank God, thank God. Now look at First Peter, what it said. Gird up the loin of your mind, right? It's, there's tender spots in there. God knows how to take care of it. The devil knows how to destroy it, but God knows how to what? Take care of it. Be sober. Hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's grace to be saved, and then there's more grace for God to say, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Well done, my what? Good and faithful what? Servant. We're serving ourselves, Jesus, and we're serving him. Jesus needs a little taste, too. Can he have something to eat? His something to eat is our obedience to his word. Amen? There's a reciprocation. What are we feeding Jesus? You ever heard the song, bless the Lord? How in the world am I going to bless the Lord? I came naked into this world, naked I'm going to leave. I don't have nothing. Yes, you do. Your life, your soul. Your soul is as rubies. The devil knows that. That's why he's fighting hard, tooth and nail, to get your soul, to take over your mind. Now you could be his henchman, his spokesperson, and spread his little evangelism all around the world. That's what I call it. Now, First Peter is shouting out now for another witness in Hebrews 12, 1. See, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so what? Easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. God is yelling that out in our spirit during this consecration. Sin that doth so what? Easily. We just think about it a little bit. Boom, we fell. Just a little thought, gone. Just a little bit of a look, gone. One commercial. Oh, I'm going to see that. We're scrolling through what to look at, what to look at. Brrr, a thousand things go. What to look at. I know because I've been there many times. There's nothing in here. Gosh. How many get sick of that? You paying all this stuff? Look at all this stuff. I, man, I'm going to just cancel my subscription. I'm tired of this. And then you come back few weeks later. We knew you'd be back. We saved all your information. I'm preaching because I know I've been there. Amen. Thank God me and BET don't get along that good, you know. So most, because most of this stuff is just raunchy. And one Christian rapper said, you know what, uh, uh, looking at BET late at night will make you get a porn habit. My God, we might as well be honest. The devil is what? Out to get us. His spirit's influence. That's what they are. They are influencers. 
They talk to you all the time, even in your own voice. They know how to mimic. Then the Bible said the devil is as a roaring lion. He's acting like. Then it said he masquerades as an angel of light. He's always acting like. You see, perpetrating. My God. This is what he does. He knows how to act. It gets you in. Acts like he's your friend. Mm-hmm, ain't it though, right? Mm-hmm, right, right. I said that. Mm-hmm, yeah, we did say that. Then boom, got you more. And that's how sex traffickers work. They're like your friend on campus. And then all of a sudden, you look around, you're in some truck going down in some tropical place, and then they're making you use your body the way God didn't intend for it to be used. My God. Wait, first he was a friend on campus. What happened? How did I get down here? Sinking far from the what? Peaceful shore. Because the devil knows how to play the heartstrings and to influence us and to captivate us and to begin to make us now to entertain ourselves with that which is detrimental. But it seems good. It tastes good, looks good, sounds good. But it's all the time captivating us, putting us in some kind of dark prison, and we're all tied up, tangled up in it. Can't seem to get out of it. It's like a drug habit. It's tasty, but it's hurting me at the same time. I don't have enough money to support this habit. Now I got to steal from everybody around me. My God. First, the devil makes you stick to it. Now he makes your fingers sticky. Now you're stealing everything. And that's how he does. He just brings you down, 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 down. And sometimes people in church, they're not stuck on drugs, but they're just stuck on being high-minded, looking high. Uh, I have the, uh, the title that's the highest title. They have to invent titles because now they ran out. They can't, you know, get a, get a joy off of that title. They need a higher title than that. Now they're creating more titles. And the pyramid is getting higher and higher and higher. They're building a Tower of Babel right in the house of God. Isn't that a shame? They brought idols right into the house of God. The idolatry of uh, being covetous. They got the scripture wrong, covered the most, the best gifts. But he didn't say like in an evil way where you're competing. We're supposed to love each other and build each other up. And what? In the most holy faith. Be altruistic. Be like Jesus. Think about others more highly than you think about what? Yourself. They got it wrong. God turns the pyramid upside down. You want to be in charge? Serve everybody. Hallelujah. Anyhow, we got to do this thing right. God gave me a servant's heart. But if I was to do like the devil told me, he tells me all the time, shows me this platinum platter. He's a marketer. He knows how to make you get convinced. Just do this, this, and that. Easy things. Those are not evil things. Just do this, this, and that. I'll fill this place up. But I want to let the Lord build the house. If the Lord is building the house, I'm not going to be building it in vain. Amen? I'm not working in vain if the Lord is the builder of the house. God wants to build his house the way he would have it built. And there will be lively stones fit jointly together. They will be living sanctuaries, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. And not craving what the devil wants us to crave. And call it righteousness. My God. There's a way to look right. Religious even. That's why Paul had to beg in the prophetic spirit. I beseech you, therefore, did he say sinners? No, he said brethren. You're doing it wrong. You have gone into the devil's fork 
of the road. You went his way. The devil will present some other way. God is going kind of slow. You got all them prayers? Aren't you tired of waiting? Wait on the Lord and be of good, good, good courage. God is slow. I got it right here and right now. Come on, what you want? And people are going in droves. Droves. And they got enough money in those places. They get the big bands because they can afford it. They got the stage coming up and the steam and all of the stuff. My God. The best singers, they can afford them. My God. And this is what they're doing. They've got all these people hooked. My God. Hook, line, and stinker, as I call it. Supposed to be sinker, but my God. But God is calling for us to see the vision of the Lord. First John, my last witness, to call. He said, if ye say that ye have what? Fellowship with God. But then go to the devil's fork in the road and walk in what? Darkness. He said, you're not really testifying. You're a test of lying. He said, you are lying, and you're not telling the truth. We could put on a big show. Save world. Save world. This is the save world. And God's like, you are a liar. Elmo got more sense than that. My God, my God. You're not telling the truth. You say you're walking in the light, but you're walking in darkness. He said, but if ye walk in the light as he is in the light, because God is light, and in him there's no what? Darkness, what? At all. He is light. If we do the right thing, walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have what? Fellowship one with another. True fellowship, not just getting together because we all like going to movie night. Oh, we all like going golfing together. Oh, we all like the food they had. Oh, that was some good food. Our food better than your food. Oh, our women look cuter than your choir. Oh, my goodness. And the men, ooh, hunks. We got better hunks over here. I've done heard it all. I'm preaching from what I've heard, y'all. This is talk in and around town. Oh, we got it going on. You go to that strict church, you don't get to do this, 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 and that, and other thing. Oh, we got free, we get to do this, 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 and this, and that, and other thing. But if you get in the Holy Ghost, I bet you one thing, if you let God come in there for real, for real, he's going to do some new things inside of you. God's going to say the decor is a little off. We need to get rid of that. Throw that away, get rid of that. Oop, that's distasteful. That's going to lead down a bride patch like it did last time. It kept you bound. If the Lord delivered you, why should you be bound? Get rid of this, get rid of that, get rid of this. He's going to shine a light from heaven on your soul. Anything that shouldn't be, he's going to take it out. Then he's able to strengthen you. Then you will be sober in the spirit of God. And he will enable you to do what he has claimed that you should be doing. It's your reasonable what? Service, what you should be doing anyway. So if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, right? And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses you from all sin. So we got to look at that whole verse of scripture. See that? So what are we seeing? God wants us to be mindful of what we subject ourselves to as we go through our everyday experiences. Are we causing ourselves harm? You got to really think about it. Just some good stuff to watch or get into, whatever. And I like good production movies that don't look like a, a C-level film. You know, it's not like a, a $2 budget film. And they know how to make those films look really good. They get the best actors and all of the good plot and all. But they're going to throw in some stuff that is not befitting of God's mind. 
And then they kind of make you tolerable, you know, sympathize with stuff that's not godly. And it's in your spirit because you have opened up your heart and mind to be entertained by it. Now it goes into your psyche. You know, you have a, a subconscious. There's a conscious that you readily can tell, you know, what's going on. But there's a subconscious. It's way back there. You have thought about it. You have eaten it. It's almost like those cows. They chewed the cud uh, at 1 o'clock, and now they're back in the barn. There's no grass around, right? They have swallowed in one compartment. They know how to bring it back to their mouth. Stomach number three, let's go. And then they're chewing grass. Where you get that grass from? Oh, he swallowed it from before. He was storing it. The devil knows how to get us to store in our subconscious stuff for later. You saw that girl on that bus. Oh, she showed her hams. The wind blew, and she was like Marilyn Monroe. Boom. Oh, I saw that. And you stared again. The devil said, look again. It's still there. And you look again. Just one look. That's all it took. Now, twice you hooked. My God. And then that thought stays in your mind, and then, you know, you're going to regurgitate it back. In the wee hours, remember the time frame we went over? Amen. Which watch of the night is that? The second or third watch of the night when you're in that deep sleep? And then these sex dreams. Midnight summer, mid, midsummer night's dream, was, is that what it's called? Shakespeare. But it's more than just summer. Winter, spring, summer, and fall, sex stream. Amen. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You know I'm telling the truth. Amen. And uh, the devil make us regurgitate that stuff right back. Oop, that, and them images take forever to get out of your mind because they're in your sub, sub, subconscious. We got to be rewired. Let this mind what be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. God has wired us a certain way, and he made us pure and holy and righteous. Everything God did was good. The devil's the one that brought perversion into the world. That's him. And the devil tries to hide his hands as if God is the villain. God caused all this. What kind of God would cause this? What kind of God would cause that? But God gave us free will to choose. Why did he let Adam and Eve choose? See, choosing what they are free to choose. And they chose the devil's false religion. You don't need God. God told you to do all that. You don't need all that. You could be like God right now without all that. And they went on in and did it. I know we were teaching about women got, uh, Eve got deceived. So what? But Adam also was deceived. Eve was the one in the conversation. The devil chose her to conversate with her. And, uh, but, you know, women have more taste buds and things than men. Men got a lot, but women got more for a reason. I don't know. God did it that way. And the devil took his best shot, the best possible time, everything, you know. So he took her. And he knew that Adam was tied to her, and marriage, whatever, whatever. So he pulled him on down, too, because he was there, and he chose to just go on ahead and do it. So both were deceived. Do we call Eve the first Eve, and then God had to come, and he's the second Eve? No. It's all on Adam, isn't it? Because he let it go down like that. Because when God let them get married, they were called Adam. They weren't called Eve. So it's on you, brother, because you were there first. Eve came out of you. You should have knew better. Eve came out of you. You should have knew better. You had talks and walks with God before she came on the scene. And God saw you how you were. You needed a companion. You can't marry a monkey. No. You need a girl. You need not a man. You need, whoa, man. <laughs> Woo-hoo. 
You need a womb man, yeah. A man with a womb, a womb man. So yes, I'm going to create that out of you. So Adam knew better already. He was already in the counsel of God. He should have, amen, discipled his wife a little better. Isn't that right? He should have been ahead over his house better than he was. Head doesn't mean king ruler. Head means you were first. I'm first born, but I'm not king ruler over my siblings. I can't tell them what to do, what not to do. They'll look at me like I'm crazy. Who made you the ruler? You know, head don't mean that. Head of the household, you're the first one God looks at. And you got to make sure everything's right and tight in there. And the woman should be walking right alongside you, not behind you, not under your feet. No, no, no. This pure woman of God, she walks right beside me. My God, she's beautiful in the eyes of God and beautiful in my eyes. Thank God. But when I first met her, I was like Jonah out of the belly of the whale, out of the fish. And I was making a three-day journey in a day. I was making sure my calling and election was certain. I was in that mode. And God's ministry became my girlfriend. Thank God I wasn't trying to get numbers and trying to be a player and how to say it, to have that confidence of a player. Because I, I really couldn't buy a date. <laughs> Thank God. So, yeah, I'm Leo the late bloomer in that children's book. My God, that's all right. But God knew my timing. Uh, I'm of the statistic wherein more schooling, married later, a little less children. Then those who are younger, less education, you know, married or not, they got with their other to make babies, and they usually have more babies. So that's the other end of the spectrum. So Lisa and I are on that other end. But that's all right. We did it later. We have more wisdom, more knowledge, more understanding. Got married, and five years later, the babies came. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding. God wants to do that for us. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, the way God would set it up. We can't go our own course because we were born and shaped in iniquity and in sin did our mothers and fathers conceive us because Adam and Eve have ushered that in. And now everybody born after them have to go through that. We need a salvation process. We're lost and need to be what? Saved. Adam and Eve lost it. And now we have to, amen, go to the lost and found. And God has to what? Save us. Who's the lost and found? Christ Jesus. He's going to render us, amen, a good vessel, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, which is his heavenly purpose. And which are you going to choose? Amen. To stay where you are or instead of being mediocre, to be extraordinary, divinely extraordinary for God. I, I don't know about you, but I, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. My God, I said, I'm down for the last time. I remember being about 13-ish, and I was getting a whipping. My God, people don't even know what that is anymore. Bent over the bed. My father had the strap going down and bring it back up. Bring it down and bring it back up. And I was getting my hide whip, and I'm going in the rhythm. Boom. Boom. Oh, this got to be my last whipping. I'm tired of this. I was thinking in my mind between yelps. Amen. I think some of us got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Sometimes God will release you a little bit into the zone that's called outer darkness, just enough for you to get ouch, ouch, enough ouches till you get sick of being, you know, ouched by the devil. And you're saying there's better for me. That's why God let that boy go on out there and eat with the pigs. There's better for me. 
He had to go all the way down. The other brother didn't have to do that. Then he got jealous. Oh, he coming in here all smelling like pigs, and we're against eating pigs. Father, you gave him a ring. Oh, my goodness. I've been good all this time. What have you given me? Where's my Porsche? Where's my Tesla? Where is it? You know, that's what we're saying. We want to make God move. But God doesn't need us. We need him. And we need to, amen, make our mind up today. The supreme God of all created me for a reason. And there has to be better for me than this. God knows your heart. He knows what you're thinking about at night, uh, during the day, whatever. He knows what you're thinking right now. And sometimes the devil will put words in the mouths of a show you're looking at. Even family members. Yes, I got to go there because I have family members. Y'all forgot. Yeah, I have a family. I have sisters and brothers and uncles and cousins and aunties and them. And I've been to family reunions, and the devil uses some folk, and God uses some folk. Depends on where your heart is. And the devil knows how to market, and he'll put those people who are doing the wrong thing right in front of your face. See, others are doing it. See, others are doing it. There's people in my family who've had two or more wives. Divorce, get another one. Divorce, get another one, you know. They turn 40, you turn them in, trade them in for 220s, whatever. All kind of crazy stuff going on in the world. But I said, no, the buck stops here. Uh, I plead the blood of Jesus. I'm going to destroy generational curses. I don't care what Massa told us we were breeders and such, and the woman you're with may not be your woman tomorrow. There's a new one in town. Now I need you to make more babies. Loose out of here. I want to be what God intended for me to be. I'm a father, amen? Friend of some men. Hallelujah. Some half a hand. Thank you, Lord. And uh, husband of what? One wife. Hallelujah. Some could say, yeah, all, all, illegally I got one wife, but they've had other wives. Laying with this one, laying with that. I've got babies all over town, over the world. Uh, what my wife called universal tale. My God. Thank God I'm not a universal tale. No. She prayed it. I don't want a universal tale. Thank God. No, no, no. He's not a smorgasbord for you, you, and you. It's not Adam and Eve's. No. So I thank God. I am what I am in God, but you know what? I'm still learning how to be who I am in God. And the devil always presents things. I was starting to get more temptation uh, presented to me for other women after the ring came on my finger. Before that, I was just some schmo guy from around the way. Now, ooh, somebody want him? Oh, he's wantable. Oh, I want him to want me now. You know? Look, boy, what you doing? There's something else to do around here. Uh, and he started grinning and smiling around me, not just at the secular job, but at the unsecular church. <laughs> Honey's all around. I was like, really? Seriously? No. Lisa's the one. Amen. No matter where I worked, if I was in a city, they, somebody saw me, they would say, oh. They didn't know me, but they knew her because she sings up there, and everybody know the singer. You know, that's all right. The bass player way in the back, they didn't know me. That's all good. But that's okay. That's another message. But anyway, they knew her. <laughs> they were like, they called me her name. Oh, I know you, uh, you, Lisa. I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yes, right. Yeah, because we were together. They always put us together because we always went together. I don't care where we went, we are together. Somebody said that a couple of years back. Every time I see y'all, y'all 
together. I waited a long, couple more seconds, long time, and she finally here. And amen. I don't want to leave her. Amen. When we were recording, the longest I was not speaking to her was like three days. That felt like three decades. My God, I was hard because uh, I had pride. Maybe she had a little bit too. I'm not sure. Uh, I ain't calling. No, he going to call. No. <laughs> Uh, I came like Ralph Cramden, you know, I apologize. I, I forgot what we were fighting about. I don't know. Thank God. But I said, I don't want to do that ever again. Amen. Uh, and the worst we did in our marriage, uh, I think she was, she went to the couch, but she was only there for less than an hour. I went back. I said, come on, boo, come on back. This and that. I'm sorry. I ain't going to say that no more. This and that other thing. She came on back. Amen. Thank God. Less than an hour. That's all. I don't never want to be apart from her. I pray that when the Lord cracked the sky, we could zoom on up together. Hallelujah. Beam me up. Beam me up with my Lily, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. One glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. I'll fly away. Oh, glory. Hey, hallelujah. I want to fly away with the Lord. I don't know about you. I want to make my mind up today. God's got better for you. Men, you waiting for your boo? God got her for you. I had to pray through, and he got my boo. Hallelujah. I couldn't do that by myself. Couldn't buy a date. Remember that? Yes, sir. And even if you can buy a date, it might be the wrong one. And I don't have to amen, go through untrustworthiness. And uh, she could go somewhere, and I know she's not going to get into something. My God, and I could do the same thing. She doesn't think wrong about me. Somebody said, you let your wife go down there and say, oh, you trust her? I said, oh, yes. I don't know what kind of marriage you got, but, yeah, we don't have that kind. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We got trustworthiness. God will give you, amen, faith instead of fear. Who wants fear when they can have faith? Amen? Faith drives out fear because where there's fear, there's torment, there's regret, there's depression. My God, there's all manner of ailments. You don't need that. God didn't create you to be that way. Why don't you come into the winning side? Hallelujah. If you're with me, why don't you pray this prayer? Father God, I thank you and I believe that you exist. I believe that you said in your word, you will be a rewarder of them that seek after you. If I begin with a little bit of iota of strength I have left in my heart to begin to seek after you, you're going to reveal yourself to me. You are not a liar. If you said you're going to reveal yourself, I'm going to trust you to do it. So here's my heart, Lord. I haven't done this in this area of my heart, but now I'm going to give you this area that I didn't give you yet. Come into my heart completely completely, Lord. Fill me again. I need your presence in my life. I want you to reveal yourself to me, Lord. I don't want a fake religion, a false religion, a pseudo-religion. I want a real religion, a real relationship with you. I want to know you. I want to be intimate and know you. So come in fresh and clean. Forgive me, O oh God, of unrighteous thoughts and statements and actions. Help me to start anew and afresh right here and right now. All it takes is a yes, a simple yes. God is going to help us with the rest. Just say yes. Hallelujah. Don't try to figure it out. Oh, I got to get rid of this. Got to stop doing this. No, God knows what you're into. He knows everything. He still allows you to say yes. 
So go ahead and say yes right quick. This is the eternity of your soul we are talking about. Father God, if there be anything not like you, the whole thing is lost. I don't want to be lost, Father God. A preacher, after preaching all of these sermons, Jesus cracks the sky and takes the saints with him, and I'm left down here. That means I wasn't a saint. I wasn't one of the folks. I was lying, and I was walking in darkness. Help me, Lord, to not walk in darkness. If we walk in darkness, that means we're thinking, imagining in darkness. We're, oh God, entertaining ourselves with darkness. I pray now those dark things will become distasteful. We plead the power of the blood of Jesus to remove the stain of sin. Remove the power of sin. Remove, oh God the taste for it, the hunger and thirst for it. Take it out of our spirit, Lord. Make it distasteful. Help us to not tolerate it anymore, Lord. Help us, oh God, not to sympathize with anything that's dark and lost and demonic, ungodly. We don't want anything to do with it anymore. Help us. Turn us around. Transform us with the renewing of your word. Wash my soul. Wash my hands. Wash my feet. Help me to walk in the truth of God, which is the light and power of the living, one and true living God. I know you're able. I'm going to trust you to do it, God, in Jesus' matchless name. Now, Father God, I pray that you hear our prayer, O Lord, incline thine ear unto us. Grant us thy peace. Bring a living source of your being, O God. Make it prevalent and ever-present help not just in a time of trouble, but at all times. His praises shall continuously be in my mouth because he is continuously living in me. Go ahead and thank and praise the Lord, our God, who lives eternally. He wants us to live eternally with him, eternal, right now, even though we're mortals in this finite world. We can have infinite power now. We can have the everlasting life right here and right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.com. Org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.